Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we look back at the ending of a classic, memorable World Baseball Classic with Jamie Bettens. Otani versus Trout. You couldn't write a better script. Also, Reggie Abercrombie, Winnipeg Gold Ice legend, is getting his number retired this summer, so we'll check in on how he's been since he last suited up for the fish in 2019. Coming up on the podcast. As I talked about earlier, the World Baseball Classic came to an incredible conclusion last night, and I, I thought it was phenomenal. And to talk more about it, we're joined by Jamie Bettens, former president of the MJBL. Now, Jamie, you're the official baseball correspondent of the CGOB Sports Show, but we have to be transparent. When you were on a couple weeks ago, we were pretty dismissive of this event, but man, was that an incredible ending last night. You know, I was sitting there last night and just watching the whole Otani versus Trout thing, and, you know, more than a few people echoed the same sentence. And I think Mark DeRosa even said it in his press conference. He said, you know, we may have lost the game, but baseball won today. And, and I just thought, wow, did, did he ever nail that moment? You know, realizing that, you know, obviously it's unfortunate they lost, but baseball definitely won. And that World Baseball Classic has maybe, maybe made some, some uh, certainly some purists, you know, reconsider, you know, how much they uh, – how much they either like or dislike that event. And, and maybe we're going to see some of that passion, you know, kind of maybe bubble into that MLB season. I, I don't know if the mass celebrations jumping out of the dugout on a home run will, will, will go over well, but uh, you may see some of those things and, and just the fan interaction and everything else uh, become a little bit more of the norm. And I think baseball needs it. I think the Mexico manager said the same thing after they lost to Japan on a walk-off in the semifinals that baseball won, even though they lost that game. And you look at what happened last night and all through the tournament, there was this, I think, feeling of hope that at some point Otani would face Trout. And as the game goes along, it's like, all right, Otani's going to close this game if they're in the lead and it gets closer and closer. And you look at the lineup and it's, and it's becoming clear that this is actually going to happen. And then there's a double play, which means that he needs to, get a hit trout does or else it's over it's just you couldn't write a better script for the ending of this tournament not at all i mean and and it, it's so easy to overlook what had happened prior to that moment even i mean he just you know got mookie bets to roll into a double play and you know uh, let mcneil lead off with a walk and i mean he's not just facing He's somebody else's regular lineup and then getting Mike Trout at the heart of it. He was facing, you know, the, some of the best players in the world just to get to Mike Trout. So talk about, you know, matchups and, and just the, just the pure excitement. And it was just baseball. There was no talk during those games about contract negotiations, holding out uh, anything like that. It was just baseball, your country, and then the great stories behind, you know, players, you know, doing accounting uh, when they weren't pitching for the Czech Republic or, or you know, even the Canadians, uh, you know, coming out of retirement to just, you know, play for their country one last time. Um, you know, those kind of things make you truly appreciate how global the game is. One of the reasons why the Olympics work, despite all their controversies and all the, the corruption, and I think this goes with the World Cup of Soccer as well, is national pride. Everyone has the desire to represent their country and their sport and to wave the flag and, and to win for their country. It's such a big deal in soccer. It, the Olympics is such a big deal. But in baseball, 
there hasn't really been a best-on-best best tournament. There was baseball briefly at the Olympics, but no one ever went to it because it's during the Major League Baseball season. You have this event now that's in its fifth iteration. It's been bouncing around all over the place. Some It's, it's every three years, then it's four, and then it's been six years since the last one. But I got the feeling when you watch the Dominican and the Caribbean teams specifically, how much pride they have and how loud the ballparks were when they were playing. And you see the games in Japan and and how nuts they are about baseball over there too, that I get the feeling this event is very much here to stay. I I think so. And And I think it's only going to get bigger. It just seems like, you know, the like the global powers have embraced this opportunity to kind of, I think in in the beginning of this tournament, you know, see how they measure up to the U.S. and, and maybe even to Cuba because Cuba was, you know, always that preeminent powerhouse at the Olympics and always won, um, mainly because they could send their pro teams and and the U.S. and some of the other teams would basically send amateurs most of the time. But now that it is true, best on best, and you know they're able to draw from you know, major and minor league pools of baseball players, you're seeing some opportunity and you look at the Netherlands and, you know, all of a sudden you see their lineup at the beginning of the game. You're going, okay, okay. Like four five, six players, you know, in the big leagues. And then there's three or four players that had a career in the big leagues as well. So you're like, okay. Like, so the Netherlands is producing major league talent, you know, Nicaragua is producing major league talent and, 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 so on and so on. And, and Great Britain is now staying up in, in the top pool. And so they're going to get more funding relative to that. So, you know, if this keeps up and this event keeps up you know, globally, you're just going to see such a great product produced that it's only going to make it better. And I will say it was interesting as well for me watching the game last night, knowing that this is going to kind of be a time capsule too because this is probably the last big baseball game we'll ever watch that doesn't have a pitch clock, that doesn't have bands on shifts. This is like the last old baseball game we're going to watch. Did you feel that too? Yeah, I did. And and I did see, uh, I don't know where I saw it today, but somebody put a pitch clock up against that final at bat. And uh, there would have been, I think, four violations from Otani alone, um, which if you put that into perspective would have, certainly you know desecrated the moment that it that it was and so i'm wondering if you know the powers that be take a harder look at that and say okay you know how do we how do we find that happy medium because i think right now the they have to have a hard line and and the players seem to be rounding into form and you know there's some trickery uh you know you saw scherzer quick pitch or you know call time and you've seen a few players get pretty frustrated when, you know, they rub something out of their eye and then violate and, and, and take a strike. But when you look at that moment and the power that it held and the grip that it held on the baseball world, I'm not sure you want to lose that because of a time clock at this point. So I, I, I don't know if the, I think the jury's still out on whether or not, you know, that'll be long-term or if there's going to be some sort of meat in the middle on that. But I think, the problem with that is for 98% of the time, you want it to move along. If it's July and it's a Tuesday and it's the third inning and it's Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, you can get those pitches going. It doesn't really matter so much. But when it's the eighth inning of a tie game in October, the drama builds in the moments where nothing's happening. Absolutely. Um, I mean, 
if you think about that type of moment and Otani would have maybe picked over at first base with Mookie Betts, you know, he runs out of pickoff attempts at that point, you know, that, that almost drastically changes the outset there. If that would have been under the major league baseball rules, next thing, you know, Mookie Betts is getting into position. He's running. It changes what Trout's going to do at the plate and it could have cost Japan, you know, the world baseball classic. So, you know, those simple rules could drastically affect a lot of outcomes here. And I, and I still think that there's going to be a lot more data compiled before they really get it right. But they're obviously on to something because I think a majority of the fans like the speed of the game and the fact that they can, you know, get out of there in two hours, 15 to 20 minutes, as opposed to, like you'd said, three and a half hours, four hours watching paint dry on a Thursday afternoon in Pittsburgh against Cincinnati or something like that. So on the topic of the pace of play, we last time you had you on was right before spring training started. What have you seen from watching baseball to this point as far as the change of play is concerned, whether it's the pitch clock, whether it's the bigger bases, whether it's the shifts, what have you thought of the product bearing in mind? It's not everyone's best players yet, but it's still the rules are in place. I don't think the the bases are that big of a deal. I, I, I haven't seen a drastic change where I've heard an announcer say, you know, he sure got around the bases quicker, went first to third quicker. I think there's a safety aspect there that the players are probably a little more comfortable with and, and kind of going into that. The pitch clock, you know, we've seen highlights of the low part of that spectrum. Uh, we haven't seen anyone really report on the positives of it, but I think there are a lot of them. I think the pace of play is, is the number one thing to just keep this thing going. It's when you get those relievers that come in and stomp their feet three times before they come to a set position, or if they're struggling, they're looking up to the sky and praying to whomever they think they need to pray to, to get a strike on the next pitch and drawing out an at bat for, you know, 30, 40 seconds in between pitches. That's where you tend to lose the fair weather fan. So I think from that perspective, I've enjoyed watching spring training, knowing that it's, it's more about get in the box and, uh, and compete, not, you know, what can you do to distract or throw the hitter off um, in that respect. And from your perspective as a Blue Jays fan, what have your been, what have your main takeaways been from what you've seen this spring with only a couple of spring training games left? You know, it really seems like the group has come in polarized and focused, you know, with a task at hand to getting to that next level. Like, you know, it doesn't look to me like a team that's just kind of going through the spring and then just saying, let's get the season started. I, I feel like they already feel like they're two months ahead and they're trying to prep for meaningful ball games and what lineup matchups they're going to look to exploit on other teams. And I feel like their mindset has them ahead of the pack already, which I think bodes well. Um, from a lineup perspective, some of the new free agents, I think, are sort of falling into place. You know, I think that the, the different lineups that they can uh, use against other pitchers will bode well for them. Um, I would say I'm a little disappointed in Dalton Varsho at the plate, but certainly surprised pleasantly by Whit Merrifield and, and what he's been able to do. So I, I think, you know, they've added some depth and they have some flexibility within their lineup. Biggio and, and Merrifield are going to provide that opportunity for maybe some of those other additions to take their time to really get up to speed. Maybe they're putting a little pressure on themselves. Um, but again, spring training stats don't count anywhere, not even in contract talks. 
So it'll be interesting to see once the once the gates open up in St. Louis and, and what true team shows up. But again, as a Blue Jay fan, very optimistic after what I've seen so far, especially from the pitching as well. Now, do you like the fact that they're opening on a giant road trip and they don't play at home until April 11th? They start against the Cardinals, the Royals, and Angels. At least you maybe get to see Otani in action. Yeah, a little interesting quirk in the schedule in that you play you know, a few times in Missouri for a six or seven, eight game set, and then you got to jump all the way out to the West Coast and go through the time change. Uh, fully understandable when they're, you know, letting the paint dry on kind of the additions to the Rogers Center. So, I, you know, you can understand why they're doing that. Um, but a lot of teams will tell you, especially at the the pro levels, you know, sometimes the best remedy for a team is to just get out on the road. Um, you know, there's no distractions. You don't have to worry about family coming to the ballpark as much. And uh, you're just kind of within your little cocoon of, of your team. And uh, that might might be the recipe for the Blue Jays. It's not going to be easy playing a three different home openers or, you know, opening up on the road that much. But, you know, that team might band together even quicker and, and really solidify into what they have as well. And finally, on the note of the Rogers Center Renos, is there any real big difference that fans should be looking for when they play their first game there in a few weeks? I don't think it's going to turn into a boom box. I, like you're going to see a, a few more home runs go out to certain areas. And I think it's built for their team, which is why I think they're trying to sign all these guys to long-term deals because they've invested in the, in the stadium to kind of fit Vladdy Guerrero and Bo Bichette and their gap hitting. Um, I think it's going to be fan friendly. So for the, the Toronto or the, the vacationing fan that's going to Blue Jays games, I think they're going to really enjoy that. Um, when they kick into phase two and, and redo the seating and everything like that, then I think, you know, you might see a little bit more of a cosmetic change, but the surface is still the same and they're still facing the same players. Um, I don't think there's going to be a major change in the product, but I think the fan experience is, is certainly going to be much improved. Well, Jamie, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and uh, enjoy what's left of spring training. Thank you. Take care. The Winnipeg Gold Eyes announced their promotional schedule for this, their 30th anniversary season today. And the headliner is August 11th, when Reggie Abercrombie will have his number 11 retired. Abercrombie, the franchise's all-time leader in home runs, RBI, and runs scored over his six seasons here, and is also the American Association's all-time leader in those categories, plus hits and games play. The native of Columbus, Georgia, was instrumental in Winnipeg, winning back-to-back league titles in 2016 and 17. He'll be the sixth person to have his number retired. Brian Duva's number five, Max Poulin's number six, Donnie Smith's 21, Hal Lanier's 22, and Andrew Ace Walker's 31. I caught up with Reggie at his home in Maryland earlier this afternoon to talk to him about the honor and when he found out about it. I uh, found out a couple, I think a couple, uh, couple of weeks ago. You know, Andrew told me about a dinner uh, and they were going to honor me for a time my jersey. That's about it. That's when I found out. And what was your reaction? I mean, oh, uh, first I was overwhelmed, so I was like, I was stuck for a minute, so I didn't really know how to take it. So, and you know, uh, uh, just excited, and just to go back to Winnipeg, just to see the fans, and like I said, that's my second home, just to go back and visit, and just to have my jersey, uh, jersey retired with uh, everybody else's. You know, what I'm saying how, you know, uh, everybody, man, you know, everybody that that. Wore that jersey that got that number retired up there. You know, uh, it's an honor for me. 
sixth different person to have his jersey number retired by this franchise. And for you then to come back here in Winnipeg this summer, do you what do you expect that night will be like for you, or is it too soon to say? It's too soon to say. You know, I don't know how I'm gonna react, man. You know, I know I, I cried on my my retirement, so it's just like it's too too. It's too. Uh, I really don't even know how I feel. You know, I might be overwhelmed, or I might be just starstruck. You know, and, and you know, what I'm saying it's a it's a wonderful uh, a wonderful thing for that organization to do for me, and it's a privilege for me just to be mentioned with them six, them on five other uh, young young fellas. Uh, and it's just an honor just to have that number not uh not played again and just have just that the atmosphere to go. When was the last time you were in Winnipeg? Uh last time I was in Winnipeg was my last game. My last game of the season. So back in twenty nineteen? Yes, sir. Do you miss it? Man, I miss it. The uh, baseball? No, I don't miss, I don't miss baseball, man. I played like I tell everybody, everybody asks me that every day. Like, how, do you miss playing? I said, no, I really don't miss playing. Uh, you know, I, I'm at home with my family every day, so it's all good. You know, I play, I play a long time, and it, you know, what I'm saying I was at that point of, you know, uh, it was just, it was that time. You know, I don't miss it. Yeah, you know, I, I get, I get, I just want to go out here and swing with the kids one time, and that's about it. But besides that, no, nah, I, I, I don't miss it at all, really. Do you miss the city of Winnipeg, though? Oh yeah, I miss the city. I ain't gonna lie to you that from everything. I mean, <clears throat> just missing everything. Not I don't miss the cold, but just missing the 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 warm faces, the warm people, the just the the kindness everybody had. You know, everybody. You know, it was just a wonderful city to play in. A, a wonderful atmosphere. You know, they made me feel like I was the the king. I mean, everywhere I went, it was just an honor. Um, like I tell everybody, Wendy's, 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 uh, Wendy's hamburgers over there is totally different from our Wendy's. You know, uh, uh, the wind. I can I can honestly tell you, like that's the one thing I do miss, like a, a lot, is the Wendy's over by the mall. On I forgot the name. I know it's by the mall, the right across the street from the mall. That Wendy's right there. I went to that like every day, man. That Wendy's like that had the best food ever. By the Polo Park Mall there. Yeah, yes, sir. Right across the street from Polo Park. <laughs> <laughs> They've renovated that Wendy's quite a bit since you were last year. It looks a lot different now. But I did not know that the, the burgers tasted different. Man, it tastes way different, man. It's like, y'all, I mean, it's like, how I would say, it's like, it's just fresher. It's just fresher. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, like, all the lettuce on, I never got a bad piece of lettuce. I always had fresh lettuce. I always had, uh, my hamburger was always hot. My fries was always hot. I mean, I had never, never had a bad experience at Wendy's. And my family say the McDonald's tastes different. And I mean, which they do. So you know, it's different. It's, y'all have different than we do over here. So it's, I mean, it's it's better. So I know, I know that. All right. So when you come back to Winnipeg this summer, are you going to go to that Wendy's? Oh yes, first first stop though. <laughs> I already, I already told, I already told Andrew, and I already told a lot of people. I'm, my first stop is at Wendy's off off route because yeah. right up by the airport. So yeah, and in, in, in route to the in route to where I gotta go, we stopping at that Wendy's. Oh, that's awesome. So since you last played baseball in 2019, what have you been up to? Just uh, you know, just working. Uh I work for this company called Wicked. Um uh just just working. That's about it. Just um working and stuff like that, just trying to be a dad, just trying to be uh everything I can do for my family and that's it. Just just living life, uh, you know, um uh, te- uh trying to teach little kids how to play baseball. 
that's about it. Just trying to get back and just try to teach this this game to other little kids. But besides that, just being a family man. That's it. How old are your kids? Uh, eleven and eleven and four. Okay, so are they going to be interested in baseball? Do you care if they play baseball? Nah, I don't care. I really don't care. You know, as long as they, as long as they, as long as they grow up good. So hey, I don't really care. Coaching then for you, why did you feel like that was something that you wanted to give back? Um, it just, it just feel like I, I just like I like the game. I love the game. So you know, anytime I can get back to the game, I I love giving back to the game. Um, just trying to teach people how to play the game the right way and just how to go out here and hustle and try to be the best ball player they can be. And, you know, I, I love just seeing the kids smile and play this game that I love for my whole life. So it was, it was fun just to see, just to see that and, um, to just to see the kids light up, um, and just to teach them the right way. You know, I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of, uh, coaches go out here, teach kids the wrong way of baseball and, teach them how to, it's all about winning and all that stuff. Like I, I teach kids just to have fun, you know what I'm saying? Cause when you grow up, it's about, it's about producing and stuff. Like you got to have fun. If you don't have fun in this game, it's going to be hard. So you got to have that. You got to have that memory, that memory of having fun when you get to the pro ball, get to rookie ball, whatever you get. So you got to have that memory of having fun and just don't take that away from yourself. Did you have fun every day you played baseball? Man, I had, I had, I want to say every day. You know what I'm saying? I I I mean it was I could say I could honestly say when I was in the minor leagues and made it to the big leagues, it was it was like a job, man. You know, I I I I went to the field trying to have fun, but it wasn't fun. Then when I got to like I honestly say when I got to independent ball, Sioux Falls, Winnipeg, it, it became fun again. You know, just to see um just to see the kids come up from minor leagues to come over from the minor get released and come play in that league and see the kids that do come from our league and then get picked up, just see the smile on their face. When they get that call saying they're going back to the minor leagues, it's pretty fun, man. You know, just to have the atmosphere, you know. Um, uh, independent ball is all about just having fun and producing, you know, and everything else is take care of yourself. You know, um, you got so many things that, and, and affiliate ball, it's a lot of, it's a lot of distractions, a lot of things that goes on with affiliate ball, you know, and independent ball is just <clears throat> calling out there, having fun and love the game. So when it comes to the major leagues, then do you have a team that you cheer for? No, I have no team. I don't really. I, I can honestly tell you, when I was playing ball, even when I was young, I don't even think I watched baseball that much. I never watched, but I, I watched. I might have watched. <clears throat> I ain't, I didn't even watch the baseball classic. I mean, I watched a couple highlights now and then, but like besides watching baseball, I don't really watch baseball. I really don't. I mean, I don't really watch no sports really. Uh, watch the Super Bowl when they come on. I might watch the World Series a couple times, and that's about it. I really don't watch sports at all, man. You know, I I pretty much watch like uh, Law and Order SB Unit, or I pretty much watch Criminal Minds. That's pretty much what I watch on TV. But that's besides that. That's it. So you're a big fan of the procedural shows? Yes, sir. <clears throat> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, I was going to ask you what else you watch, but I think you just answered <laughs> that question there. So, why did you pick number eleven? Uh crazy thing about it, man, you know, uh, I had, you know, I was in my leagues, I had, I had, my number was like six when I was in high school, so it was my dad played softball, and he liked the six, and then when I got to, I think, pro ball, you know, I tried to get 16 or something like that, or one, because my mom played one and six, and my mama had one, 
um, when she played softball. So it was like when I got to <clears throat> when I got I got to first when I first got big league, they gave me sixty one. So it was like, oh dang, I got sixty one. So I try to keep with it. Couldn't get it when I got to the Astros. I came with one, and then when I got to Winnipeg, it was just like I got one. But I was like, I said let's double it up. So I just doubled it up, and you know it worked for me. Um, and it continued to work for me, so I stayed with it. So they're giving out bobbleheads on your jersey retirement night. Are you going to get one? Do you want one of your own bobbleheads? Oh, man, I want several. I already told Andrew I want several, all right? Just to have a bat, uh, bobblehead, a bobblehead, and everything is going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful just to have that just to have that in my, in my collection. So, you know, I'm going to be excited to have it. Do you have a, a little section of your house where you've got your old gold eye stuff? Yeah, I got I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff that fans gave me of my rooms and stuff like them office and stuff like that. You know, uh, like my jerseys and stuff is hung up and stuff like that. So, you know, I got a lot of things uh, in my little room. Yes, sir. Well, Reggie, congratulations again on this honor. It's it's awesome. It was great to watch you play baseball all these years, and uh, we'll check in maybe when you get here to Winnipeg this summer. All right, sounds good. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage anyway. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect.